Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. And uh, today we got a little bit of things to kind of talk about. So we're going to kind of just like jump right into them here in a sec. Um, but just kind of, you know, just do a once over on them. We're going to be talking about the iPhone 10s in 2021. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share the video that was supposed to be posted to the second channel last night. Uh, I'm going to share it with you guys right now, and then it'll be fully live on the channel for replay later on. Um, we're going to be talking about Hangouts and just how stripped down and bare bones it is right now. And uh, to top it all off on that, I'm going to talk to you guys about 5G in uh, the greater Phoenix uh, city area and just um, what the experience is like for me with uh, prepaid MVNOs that uh, supposedly connect to the uh, 5G network out here and also talk about the Pixel 5 and possibly being duped of saying you have 5G when at times you don't. So all that's going to be around, you know, going through today uh, in the one hour show. So welcome everyone that comes in. First of all, I do want to give shout outs to the channel members. Um, and thank you guys so much for being a member of the channel itself. And if you guys want to do um, help out on the second channel, because the second channel itself uh, does not make anything on it. Um, if you guys like the videos that I'm making and you, you know, want to show appreciation for the videos, definitely hit the PayPal link. Um, that helps support for future videos on that channel, including um, what kinds of things I'll be reviewing on there. So um, if you're not subscribed to the second channel, please, please do so. Okay, it's N-E-R-D. Uh, there are periods in between each letter. So N-E-R-D is the channel. And that's just, just strictly videos, no live streaming going on over there or anything like that. So I just want to get everyone up to date on that. Um, but anyways, so let's just kind of go over the iPhone 10s in uh, 2021. So um, let's go ahead and uh, get the show on the road for this. And um, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. And so for today, we're going to be taking a look at the iPhone 10s. Now this was the level up from the iPhone 10, which pretty much changed the entire design for an Apple iPhone. Um, the last generation went from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. And then at the same time that the iPhone 8 was released, Apple released the iPhone 10, which completely ditched Touch ID and went specifically for Face ID. And from the iPhone 10, a year later came the 10s now this phone is pretty solid in my book um i gotta say and i'm an android user and prefer to use android but ios is not bad especially since this device is still supported by apple it is rocking the uh, ios 14.4 and will continue to get updates and the cool thing about it is, is that the updates they haven't hindered the device or anything like that um I will say that it's still smooth for it having the Bionic 12 chip in it from Apple. It's still smooth. Um, I don't see any stutter, any jank or anything like that scrolling um, all too much. And I haven't had any like periodic slowdowns or stutters or anything like that. So I got to say, it's, it's just smooth. The experience is smooth. It is good. Um, you know, for it having the, the uh, A12 chip, uh, it's uh, flying phenomenally good. Uh, four gigabytes of RAM in this device, and um, that four gigs, I mean, 
you won't see it like if you compare it to other devices that have eight or twelve. It doesn't feel like that. It's uh, an obsolete thing. So we'll give it up on that. Um, for the size of the phone, most people know that I really, you know, I don't care for having extra large or huge size phone. So uh, the 10s is uh, right up my alley. Um, and it is one of my daily driver devices. It's one that I keep in my pocket. Uh, the build quality of it, I'll got to tell you guys right now, it does feel a little bit heavy for a phone, at least in my opinion. Um, this particular unit that I have right here, of course, sadly, the back got cracked. But I decided to skin it and put a skin on, you know, on the back of it just, you know, so it wouldn't be unbearable to look at. Uh, but you can see it in the Apple logo right there that it's been cracked. Um, audio on this thing is actually really, really good. Um, I got to give it up there that the sound quality is just, it's just nice. It's like, you know, I mean, my Pixel 4 still does better, but the audio is nice on this thing. Um, IP68 water dust resistant. Um, so, you know, if you don't have a, a cracked version like mine, um, then yeah, it can, it can take some splashes. Uh, the battery on this thing is still pretty good, even though the battery health sits at 86%. Um, I still get a good amount of time on this phone before I have to charge it up. So um, not really feeling the pinch of its age, even though it is almost a three-year-old device. And so I will say this, is it worth picking up in 2021? I would say this, if you can find it at a good price, you know, 300 and under, definitely a go. So that's just my quick thoughts on the iPhone XS. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section of the video. Smash the like button in case you guys enjoyed it. And that is it for right now. I'll talk to you on the next one. Okay, so that's pretty much it on the, on that video. That video will go live after um, the podcast is over. So uh, I just gave it to you guys as exclusive here. Um, it's like a one-time thing or whatever. So um, future videos will be posted on there. I post Wednesdays and Saturdays. I missed last night, just like uh, this past weekend. I missed Saturday because I was on a small vacation. So um, a little bit late this week to, the video, to uploading videos, about a day late. But it will be every Wednesday and every Saturday that videos are uploaded to that channel. So definitely check it out. Um, okay, so um, just my final thoughts on the iPhone XS because uh, you know the reason that I carry it is so that I have I have the experience with both iOS and Android. And anything that changes within iOS, I'll be able to speak on it from that point of view and be able to tell you guys. So that's uh, that's one of the, the major things, reasons why that I carry the iPhone XS. Now, of course, I'm not going to like upgrade to, to the iPhone 12. Um, I was considering it, but um, I, I tend to use Android more. So, you know, dropping that kind of money on a smartphone that, you know, may get some use barely uh, just doesn't seem like, you know, a, a more like a plausible thing to do. So therefore, um, I'll just stick with the iPhone XS. Uh, iPhones, they, they, they're they they're very good longevity-wise. They're very good. I can't really complain about them. I can't complain about iOS all too much. I do see some things about iOS that are, you know, 
a bit annoying at times that I feel Android does better, but it's not something that I'm going to say that, you know, has to be like a, like a deterring factor uh, to those people who might be wanting to jump ship from Android to iOS. Um, both operating systems are good respectively. They're very similar in like a good 80% of the way uh, with some minor quirks that make that sets them aside to be different. And uh, that will all come in time um, just about how close these things are or if uh, both companies are starting to look at that it's probably more beneficial for them to kind of completely separate and not have anything too identical to um, be able to distinguish themselves differently from one another. Uh, for me personally, I think that um, Project Fuchsia is the way to go, but that's just me. That's just my opinion. So um, like I say to people, opinion, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. So um, yeah. But anyways, let's kind of shift tracks and go towards Hangouts. Uh, Google Hangouts still alive and kicking at this time, but it is very bare bones. And um so for me, it begs the question, why is Google Chat available when Hangouts is pretty much the, the same thing? And more people know Hangouts than they do Google Chat. And um, there are people who still prefer to use Hangouts than Google Chat. So why is Google Chat even here right now if Hangouts is literally the same thing at this point? It's very bare bones. I mean, I opened up the app. I downloaded it on both my, both my pixels. I opened up the app. And it was immediately greeted with a statement that said that uh, video calling is no longer on Hangouts. So you can't video call people on Hangouts. However, with Hangouts, it is uh, literally telling you that um, if you wanted to do a video call, it will launch it in Google Meets, which I think is pretty stupid because Duo is much better than Meets, in my opinion. So seeing that they're going to rely on Google Meets kind of tells me that the clock is ticking on Duo and that Duo is just about to see its final days. Because if Google had faith in their own, and I just launched, <laughs> I just launched the, uh, the smart Sorry, assistants. I don't understand. Because I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's not just quiet. But anyways, um, if, if, if the G company was backing Duo, then they would have made it to where when you wanted to do a video call from Hangouts, it would launch Duo, but they have it to launch Meets. And so then that's the writing on the wall. So I'll probably do a more in-depth video about that a little bit later on, just kind of discussing, um, you know, Meets versus Duo, maybe, you know, talk more in depth about that, where both apps are at currently today. Um, as every time that they update, more features and everything is added in. So uh, that, that changes the dynamics and the feel of using the app itself. So we'll just have to see how that goes uh, later on down the road. Um, and I got to say, Hangouts is pretty much bare bone. And you know, it, it, it still retains its goodness. It still retains its goodness that you would remember if you were a heavy Hangouts user. It's just a lot of the things that they they implemented over the years, they have completely stripped out of it. And to me, that's totally fine. Really, personally, they don't even need Google Chats. They can leave Hangouts the way it is, how it is right now. Okay, I have given up supporting Hangouts as far as it being an all-in-one app because I really thought the all-in-one app thing with Hangouts was really a good idea. For it being... Uh, being able to call, especially nowadays, now that we have, you know, the 5G networks being built out, um, LTE is getting, you know, 
or revamp and becoming much better. Um, and if you don't believe me, check out Sneed Mobile Tech. He does speed testing. He's tested out uh, Verizon uh, CBRS, um, which is connected to LTE only and is pulling huge speeds on LTE, not 5G, but LTE, like 600 plus on the down for just LTE. So it just 5G and this growth is not just only for 5G, but it's also opening the window for, for wider bandwidth for LTE. But that's for a different uh, time. I digress from that. Um, but, you know, with the way that the network is today, uh, Hangouts being an all-in-one, this would have been the time. So Hangouts came out, to me, came out years ahead of its time of what they wanted out of the app itself. They wanted it to be a phone dialer to basically make your phone calls through it when they actually connected carrier services to Hangouts, which allowed for carrier SMS and carrier phone calls. Um, well, I don't know if it did for carrier phone calls. I know it did for, for if you had Google Voice. If you had Google Fi, then it did carrier phone calls. But a carrier messaging was one thing that they incorporated into it. But just allowing it for VOIP, you know, this would have been the time where Hangouts would have really capitalized on that. Um, but it didn't, you know. So they everything that they had put into Hangouts to make it the, the, um, the all-in-one Android app, literally, they stripped it all out. So um, if you have not used Hangouts in a while and you've jumped ship already to Google Chat, then uh, maybe to give Hangouts a good send-off, maybe we should, um, you know, re-download the app and give them a shot again. Not for it to be your permanent source for chatting if you're using Google services, but just for nostalgic purposes and to bid farewell because it is on its way out the door. And... Again, like I said, not long behind it is going to be Duo. And when, when they do that, that's going to completely suck. It really is. But again, that's for a different video, different you know podcast, different live stream. We'll talk about it then. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> if you've used uh, Hangouts, let me know in the comments. And, um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Um, were you guys for it? Were you one of the... The, the many that, you know, just wanted it gone. You guys tell me, leave your thoughts in the comments. Would love to, to hear about it. Anyways, 5G today um, is the number one subject when it comes to mobile technology. Um, if you are producing 5G videos where you're talking about 5G and the network and the growth, whether it's T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, um, you should be seeing a good amount of views. But why is that? And I'll get to that here in a sec. The crutch, <laughs> the crutch is bad. But anyways, the reason why is that people want faster data delivery. That is something that, you know, can't be argued, okay? Some people will be like, LTE is just fine for me, 5G, I'm not really too concerned about. And that's totally fine that, that, you, that you say that, but we can all agree we want faster data connectivity. We want to be able to connect to the internet and have super fast speeds enough to handle anything that we throw at it. And that could be anything from just uploading mediocre files and photos to you know uploading you know really high def uh, edited videos to going beyond as downloading movies um, or you know 
like anything else of huge size. When it comes to those types of things, even gameplay, game playing on your on your mobile phone today, that's that's today's generation of gamers, you know, is cloud gaming and mobile gaming. And um, you know, the one thing that all of us will say is that we've got to have, you know, consistent, strong, fast data connectivity. That is a given. Doesn't matter if the icon is LTE or 5G, but we all agree on that. And so 5G is going to change the future. It, it really is. And um, the reason why a lot of people who discuss these things on um, on live programming, uh, why they're so excited for it is because of all the things that it's going to change. It is going to change, you know, a radical amount of things. It's going to be beneficial for our healthcare system. You know, it's going to be, um, it is beneficial to our military. It's, it's, it's beneficial to, to uh, local businesses as well as major corporation businesses. Um, and it's super beneficial to consumers like you and me. Um, that you, you cannot deny. Now, of course, the dreaded thing that happens in, in the, the pool of consumers is because we, we know what 5G is. We've heard the terminologies of things such as millimeter wave, ultra wide band, uh, sub six gigahertz, low band, mid band, um, CBRS, C band. We we hear all these terminologies, DSS, and it kind of it kind of knocks us for a loop. Okay, and like anything that is being introduced to the market, there's always com- there's always competition. Okay, so when you kind of take it back down to a step, you kind of look at it and think about it. So like T Mobile. Um, they were really invested in their low band and mid band because that would allow them to broadcast a a signal further. Even though some people have tested T-Mobile and said that that's far from what what they're told by T-Mobile, I'm just saying what T-Mobile's goal was was that they wanted it to be able to broadcast further because one of their end game goals was to have rural America covered. And a lot of people don't think about other areas. Like when we think of data connectivity for our smartphones, we think of our own city, we think of our own town. We don't think of other towns. And let me tell you, rural America needs this. Rural America needs this, okay? My dad lives in a place considered rural America, all right? And when I go visit him, it is like it's like stepping, you know, into the twilight zone with my mobile phone. So it's like I live in the sixth largest city in the United States, and uh, according to record, and the speeds that I get here are really good when I'm away from home. They're really good, good enough to live stream to, you know, um, Periscope slash Twitter or even YouTube or anything like that. Good enough to where I can watch people's broadcasts. And watch it in high def clarity. Um, and then when I go and take a trip to go see my dad, then it's like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening here? You know, and um, doing a speed test on, you know, any one of the carriers networks there and the download speeds being like 20 megabits per second on the down, five megabits per second on the up. And to a lot of people there, that's good speeds. But why is it good speeds for them? Because uh, they're in rural America where they're not getting the upgrades like like is focused on major metropolitan cities, right? If you live in a major city, like if you live in Phoenix, if you live in you know Los Angeles, if you live in uh, San Francisco, if you live in um, Manhattan, um, if you live in Miami, uh, if you live in Orlando, if you live in Austin, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, you know, 
uh, San Antonio, if you live in Houston, if you live in these major cities that are that are recognizable names that have a huge amount of um uh you know population there, um these carriers are going to focus in those areas as far as uh, tower upgrades to upgrade the the network to to bring a faster data connectivity to their customers, right? Um, it's not to say that they don't want to upgrade towers in rural America. It's just because if you, you know, if you're in a city that has a population of say, um, you know, 2 million, 500 people, right? 2 million, 500 people. And then you, you look at a town that has a population of, you know, 19,021 people, right? Um, 2 million plus customers, you're going to want to make more happier than just 19,000 plus customers. So you're going to focus on where the population is at and make sure that your network is good there. And then you'll focus on rural America uh, where the population is like 19,000 or even 8,000 people. You'll then focus there. But of course, it's hard to get to rural America and focus on the people there when there's constant evolution in the mobile technology game as far as network connectivity that you're having to constantly go out and work and upgrade those towers over and over and over again to you know be able to handle the capacity of of uh of airwaves between all these mobile devices in this metro area so i mean rural america doesn't get a lot of love and t-mobile knew that they can have customers and grow a customer base by just talking about them, them focusing on rural America. But yeah, I've yet to see any major changes in rural America when it comes to T-Mobile. That's just an FYI. Um, but yeah, so they focused on low band and mid band and they didn't really start touching millimeter wave until later. And uh, by them doing that, they started on the, on, on one end of this entire 5g spectrum uh, you have Verizon, who has a reputation of being a solid provider. Um, you know, eight out of 10 people put together in a room and asked, you know, if you can be on a specific mobile carrier and money is no question about it. Um, eight out of 10 will choose Verizon because Verizon has built a name for itself from the very first days when Verizon popped out of the corner and I got cell phone service with them. And it was like $400 for a line deposit. I remember that so well. Um, and then Verizon's acquisition of part of Altel's market, growing them to be number one, um, overtaking AT&T, who was dominating number one position for a while. Um, Verizon had maintained a you know reputation of always being a solid um you know, a, a solid company to 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 back you for your mobile needs. Hey, I can't see what that says. Huh. But um, hi. <laughs> say, hey, Oscar, how's it going? Yeah. So Verizon has built itself, you know, a, a huge reputation um, of just being the solid one, right? So when Verizon started to enter the five G build your network game they opted to focus more on millimeter wave and ultra wide band that they started from that end of the spectrum. So T-Mobile on one side, um, Verizon on the other side, AT&T is kind of plopped right in the middle and kind of just started working inward and outward. Um, so they were working on both low band, mid band and millimeter wave. 
um, technology, AT&T. So that's, that's the way that it goes. So Verizon working from millimeter wave, working its way down to low band. And then you got T-Mobile that started on low band and working its way up to, to, uh, to high band. <laughs> hey, babe. Um, no, I really didn't shave it all the way off. I just trimmed it with, uh, with my mustache trimmer. So it's, it's there. You can see the shadow. <laughs> it's not completely gone. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's the whole thing about 5g and, and, and build that. And why am I talking about it in that perspective is because here in Phoenix, one of the things that, you know, I've heard from the homie Caleb and everybody else is the density here in Phoenix. And it plays a major role in the reason how we connect to 5G. So it's no secret um, that I went and got Metro by T-Mobile two months ago and uh, been rocking them since. And I'm able to connect to their 5G network, which is T-Mobile's 5G network. And, um, you know, with my Pixel 5, do I even see over one gigabit speeds? No, obviously not because of where T-Mobile started on the 5G spectrum. They started on this end. They focused more on low band and mid band and they barely did anything with millimeter wave in the last year. So um, one of one of the things that T-Mobile is really dependent on is, uh, is basically, uh, it's today known as N41 on the 5G side because N standing for new radio, but band 41 LTE side, basically the 2.5 gigahertz signal that Sprint has touted about for the longest time. And before the merger happened, that was one of the things that you know T-Mobile was was really, 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 really focused was focused on was their was their band 71 and um um uh, Sprint's band 41. They were like, this is going to be the future of things. You're talking about 2.5 gigahertz signal. Sprint had a lot to gloat about when you know Sprint was separated from T-Mobile. And that was one of the things that, you know, when I had Boost Mobile, that was one of the things that, you know, was was also kind of pushed on the Boost Mobile side was like, you'll be able to connect to band 41, uh, which is our 2.5 gigahertz signal. And, you know, while you saw really, really, really fast download speeds on band 41, you saw really, 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 really shitty upload speeds on band 41. So, but I mean, that's that's just the nature of it. It was, you know, initially for fast data transfer from network to device and not uh, uh, an output going back out. Um, so um, with uh, my Metro by T-Mobile, there are certain places now in Phoenix that I guess is being upgraded or you know, N41 is being upgraded there. Um, the other day, my lady and I went to, uh, we went to Ross to go do something over there. And uh, in, the, in the parking lot of that mall, when I did a speed test, I was actually kind of surprised to see that it hit boom well over you know 500 megabits on the down uh, <laughs> hey thanks uh, i can't see the super sticker but i'll check it back out in the in the chat replay but uh, thank you thank you so much for the super sticker really appreciate it um but yeah so it was just like i was just shocked to see it like you know the uplink was at 80 megabits per second almost 100 megabits per second but the downlink was like over 500 almost 600 and so to me, that kind of tells me like, okay, you know what? Like they're, they're starting to do upgrades here. Um, where I currently live happens to be like where I currently used to live. Well, not currently, but I used to live before. For some reason, um, I end up living in a place that's like probably has leftover radiation from like a UFO landing or an Indian burial ground because none of the carriers other than AT&T um, 
seem to be that strong here in this apartment. I mean, even AT&T is showing struggles here. Like AT&T on its, um, you know, 5GE, you know, connection on the iPhone XS, uh, AT&T probably, you know, on the, on the downlink, um, it's like maybe like 30 megabits. On the uplink, it's like 15. Um, on the Metro side, it's like, it's like, you know, 25 by 12. And then Visible, which is Verizon's M- MVNO, um, it's like six by six by three, and that's pretty low. Obviously, for visible, it's going to be pretty low because the QCI on it is it's not it's not the same QCI level as a Verizon postpaid or even Verizon prepaid. Uh, that was one of the things that Carlos was talking to me about. He was like, "Dude, you need to try Total Wireless because Total Wireless has the same QCI level as Verizon postpaid, so your speeds and 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 your priority to the network is much better than visible." Now I'm like, yeah, you know, of course it's going to be, and of course, visible is not going to have the same, um, the, the same priority level access as, you know, Verizon Postpaid. It is, uh, yes, it is owned by Verizon still, but it is an MVNO, and it's it's them, you know, from what my friends are talking about, it's more than likely that visible visible is a beta to test. Um, oh, you sent me a screenshot on the gram. Okay, um, it's because everyone knows that Verizon was going to shut down their 3G. They're going to shut down their 3G and um, <laughs> a dancing box. <laughs> That's cute. Um, but, you know, visible, oh, visible. Verizon was going to, Verizon shutting down their 3G, you know what I mean? So Verizon being, um, being what it is, um, visible would be the beta test because visible has no 3G connection at all whatsoever. If you are a visible customer, you are LTE and 5G connection only. And that is, uh, you know, as Visible opens up uh, 5G connection to various Android devices. Like the first 5G capable devices on Visible was the iPhone 12s. So from the 12 mini to the 12 Pro Max, all of those were able to access 5G on Visible's network. And then uh, they opened it up to the Galaxy S20. And not long ago, they opened it up to the Pixel 5, 4A, 5G, and uh, the S21. So... um, Little by little, they're opening access uh, to 5G on Visible. But even then, Visible, uh, Visible's 5G is, you know, kind of a, you know, just, I'm just, I'm a no bullshit guy. It's kind of a letdown. It's kind of a letdown because uh, when I'm using Visible, like say on my Pixel 4, which is not a 5G capable device, I'm able to yield speeds of like 150 megabits per second on the down, 70 on the up. That's good. That's good for just LTE. Um, is that me in the corner? Huh? What are you talking about? I'm right here. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, yeah, so that's that's LTE speeds. Now, with visible 5G, you are capped at 200 megabits per second on the downlink side. The uplink side is not capped, but the downlink side is. So you're only going to max out maybe if you do a speed test and you're in actually a good area for 5G connection for visible slash Verizon. You'll probably get maybe 180 to 205 megabits per second on the downlink. Um, Oh, the nerd guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Got a little cartoon thing. I found the sticker of it. I was like, hey, that kind of like, that could be me, so I put it up there. Um, but you know, it's it's it, it's pretty much that. It's like it's capped. So you know, 
if you're on visible LTE and you have a LTE only device and you're like, I'm going to go and buy me a 5G device because I want to be able to use 5G on visible. Let me stop you and help you out right there and say, don't do it, you know, um, because, yeah, your limitations, if, if you're if you're expecting super fast download speeds, hashtag super fast jellyfish if you made it to this point. But if you're expecting super fast download speeds on Visible, you're not going to get that. Not, not anything different from what, you know, super fast LTE speeds have been on Visible for most customers all across the United States. What up, Jose? Um, so, yeah, you would just be going out to buying a 5G device just to be sadly mistaken. Now, if you just want to have a 5G device because, you know, when Visible decides to open that sucker up wide, um, then, yeah, go ahead. You know, because it, it, it won't it won't last forever. The cap is not going to last forever. Visible will eventually uncap that. Um, Jose says DSS is slow. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> so um, that, that's, that's, that's a couple of things to think about. Now, you know, w- with that... That's where I'm impacted here in, in, in Phoenix. DSS is slow. Yes, that's true. That's true, Jose. DSS is slow. On top of that, the density here is not that great. Um, I guess you would say the topography is just not all that great here. Um, the 5G speeds that I experienced here is nothing compared to like, you know, like what Sneed does with his speed test and how he's like hitting like six, 700 megabits per second. I don't get that in the greater city. And I'm, when I say the greater city, I'm talking about where, where my lady works at downtown Phoenix. Okay. Um, that place has all kinds of nodes just put up on the, on all the, you know, the, the, the light fixtures on the street and everything like that. Like you see all of them there. Um, but you're not, you know, we're not really pulling those kinds of speeds. And, you know, I always like, you know, on the, on the periscopes and things like that, I will make mention of that when they're, when they're really talking about 5g and, and like, if Sneed's like, you know, yo Tito, like how's Phoenix with CBRS, man. And I gotta be honest with him. We're not even getting what you're getting because, and, and, and I don't know why. Um, I'm sure Sneed can explain it. Why, you know, if he had a one-on-one conversation with me, I know Caleb could probably, you know, Caleb can do it. Not probably. He, what the hell am I saying? You know, boats and hose, he can do it too. He can explain that to me real, real. Cause he knows Phoenix. All right. We know what Caleb does and he knows Phoenix very well. So he can explain that. But it's just absolutely crazy, you know, because this is the sixth largest city in the U.S., according to record. And um, why are we falling behind compared to everybody else? Even Carlos, you know, and I'm sorry, Carlos, (laughs) if I forget if I left you out there, even Carlos can explain that because he comes out here and he speed tests. You know, but it's funny, you know, the type of speeds that he gets and things like that Um, compared to what he gets in Vegas, you know. Um. So I got to say, like, you know, um, connection here, you know, in Phoenix is really bad, not just on the visible side, but even even when if I was to throw my Metro SIM back in my Pixel 5 and connect to the uh, to, to the 5G network, like the most that I'm going to get and then in any given block frame that, you know, me and my lady drive when we go and like we head to the store to pick up stuff for dinner or, you know, we got to go and, you know, pay a bill or do something. And, and every block grid that we go, it's not consistent. Like I can be on like the northern side of 7th Avenue in between um, Camelback and Indian School. And on, you know, on, the, on the cross sections of Camelback and, and Indian School, uh, not Indian School, but um, 7th Ave, Camelback and 7th Avenue, and I do a speed test on Metro, I can probably get like 200 megabits on a down. But the moment I hit Indian School, it's like 40 megabits down. You know, it's very inconsistent. And those aren't marginally, you know, you know um, spaced out um, streets, they're not that far apart, 
you know, they're not even they're not even beyond two miles apart or a mile and a half. So, you know, the, the, the inconsistency there is really, really, really bad. This is one of the things that plagues the city of Phoenix when it comes to 5G connectivity. It's not the greatest um, time right now. And and hopefully the types of uh, of upgrades that they're doing, like, you know, like 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 what's happening in Cleveland that we get to see and experience which needs to be testing these these areas or what they're upgrading in Las Vegas that we get to see um, Carlos, you know, pretty much like like um, roll up on, the, on these guys and ask them what they're doing to the tower and just, you know, talk story with them real fast just to find out what kind of upgrades they're doing to the tower. And then him speed testing Vegas, you know what I mean? We're not, I don't, I don't see that here. I know there's another YouTuber here that goes around and does speed testing and everything and whatnot or whatever. Don't know the guy, never met the guy. Um, but you know, I mean, he's, he's showing stuff here and he, he knows his stuff here too as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. For, for what they're getting, I don't get. And obviously, I know one one of the pieces to the puzzle of this happens to be the Pixel 5 itself. It happens to be that Snapdragon X52 modem. That plays a, 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 a centric part in why I'm getting these types of speeds because that is my 5G-capable device. My Pixel 4, the iPhone XS, the Pixel 4a, um, none of those are you know 5G-capable. They're not built to connect to the 5G network. And of course, that was one of the reasons why, you know, Carlos and, and Lawrence them were, you know, they were disappointed in the Pixel 5 because, you know, they knew if they had the Snapdragon X52 modem, this was the type of uh, speed connectivity that people were going to get. And me personally, I, you know, I'm not going to walk away from something that, you know, I would prefer to use, but I did know full well that getting the Pixel 5, which was gifted by Carlos, getting that phone, that I wasn't going to have exactly the same speeds that like Carlos was getting on the iPhone 12 or what Lawrence gets on his iPhone 12. I knew I wasn't going to get that. But that is just a small part of it, okay? There is another piece to the puzzle, which is how the network is built here in this city and, um, you know, how much upgrade development is each of the carriers doing in this city compared to other cities? Maybe they have it, you know, in warp speed to upgrade all these towers in the city of Cleveland. And then here in Phoenix, we're on, we're on slow bro mode. You know, who knows who actually knows the whole truth behind all that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you come to Phoenix and you have a device that has a Snapdragon X52 modem, don't be expecting to get blazing fast speeds here. Um, also, congestion, as uh, Jose typed this uh, comment here, um, yeah, visible is super congested, and and that would that would be another key thing here too is is uh, is network congestion based on the population of people in the city and how many are using a specific carrier, because uh, and it's not just those that are on visible. I mean, there are a lot of people on visible now because visible has done some crazy, some crazy unorthodox promotions, right? A party pay you know, not having to be specifically with a family member in uh, on Visible to get discounts. You can do what Sprint did, which was Sprint's family. <laughs> you can do that where you can join a party 
of three other people that you don't even know and don't live in your city, but all of you guys will get the discounts for grouping together. Um, they opened that sucker up now, so now it goes beyond just having four people on a party. Now you can have an unlimited amount. You literally can have like 100,000 people on one party. And that was good, but also bad. And here's why. Actually, we'll get into that here as, as a closing the closing half of the closing part of this, this podcast. But I mean, like, yeah, you had that, you had, you have the referral program back. Uh, the referral program is different from the one that I had, which I still have credit on. That's awesome. But um, this referral program is that if, you, if someone signs up with visible with your referral code, you get that month of service for only five bucks and you can do uh, 12 referrals at a time. And when you, when you, <laughs> you know, max out your 12 referrals and then the next month bill comes and your bill's only five bucks. And then that little meter drops from 12 to 11 saying that you've already used one of your, you know, your, your monthly promotions of $5 because of a referral. If somebody joins visible with a referral code, it will go back up to 12. So really it's kind of like you can, if you play your cards right, you can get visible service for just $5 a month for a whole year. And that's actually pretty good because with the first referral program they had, it was a $20 credit for every referral. And I must have referred a lot of fucking people because I had $400 in credit and that credit is still on my account today. It's actually down to 260 bucks in credit. And then I have party pay, which is an additional $15 credit. So I paid, I have paid a $0 bill for almost two years. <laughs> almost. Um, so you know, just you know, just to be straight with everybody, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people on visible with with these types of promotions. Getting your bill down to just twenty five bucks a month or just five bucks a month, who is going to pass that up? And we're talking about unlimited, and it's not. I don't believe it's capped. I don't think visible recapped their their LTE side, but it's uncapped. And of course, you get unlimited hotspot that is capped at five megabits per second on the down. But it's unlimited. There is no threshold. There is no deprioritization on the hotspot. You use as much as you want. Um, I have never been deprioed on Visible. You know, they never sent me a message saying you've used over 35 gigabytes. So at times of congestion, you will be slowed down. Like, no. Um, And the reason why (laughs) they don't have to send a message like that is because technically, if you think about it, Visible is automatically deprioritized. It automatically is. Its QCI level is not is not where where Verizon postpaid is, or even Verizon prepaid. And um, <laughs> yeah, our, our our priority to the network is way back there, way 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 back there. Sneed, what's up, man? And thank you for the five dollar super chat, man. I really appreciate it, and the kiddos will appreciate it. So thank you so much, sir. Um, but visible technically is is deprioed. They, they don't have to give you a, a warning limit saying you've reached over 35 gigabytes of data. So we're slowing you down. No, you're slowed down anyways, you know, but that is the thing. Now with, um, with visible and all its promotions and the things that it does, it is going to have a lot of people pounce on it. It, it, it definitely is. And um, yeah, you will feel the congestion definitely, but you also got to think too, Verizon is a major player. It is like, you know, it, it, it's the guy on the throne who keeps poking at the AT&T guy who wants to take the throne, like, get off, you know, but they're pretty much like on an equal level, almost, almost to a degree. Um, and so they've always been in that race together, AT&T and Verizon. So 
Um, so you have a lot of people that's on Verizon already. And then you have people that, that got Verizon prepaid because, you know, they wanted prepaid and they wanted Verizon network access, you know, then you have visible and Yahoo mobile, um, which is just insane. Gene, what's up, man? Thank you for the $5 super chat and a super sticker. I really appreciate it. Uh, really, really do. And the kiddos appreciate it as well. Um, but that, but that's something that, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. So here in the city of Phoenix, uh, I don't get the same speeds as like what Carlos or Sneed get. Um, I know it has to do with the layout of the city. That is it. It also has to do with um, the type of modem that the Pixel 5 has versus what, you know, the iPhone 12 has versus what, you know, the Galaxy S20 Fan Edition or the um, the S21 or, you know, you know any, any um, late, you know, 5G capable device released lately. Uh, that has that has to that 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 plays a significant role in it, um, but I gotta say, you know, does it change my perception of five G and what it's going to do? And the answer to that question is no, it doesn't. I know that when this is built out completely, and I mean like where they they got a huge chunk of the U.S. covered, and all they're doing now is incremental. Um, updates to these towers to keep them fun- functioning at least a good 97%. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're constantly expanding in rural America and places where, you know, they weren't focused at before. Um, by then we will actually see like, like the, the main, main, main benefits of 5g. You can see them right now, you know, just go to Sneed mobile tag, go to Carlos S tech, um, Go, you know, go to these guys who are speed testing the network um, and you, you'll see the benefits there. But, you know, you'll feel the benefits yourself around that time when 5G is completely rolled out. So, no, I'm not I'm not someone that is going to say 5G is not important. And as a matter of fact, to me, just to be on a personal level, anyone who will downplay growth of technology is a fool, in my opinion, um, because technology was never it was never a thing that would stop growing. Because if it stopped growing, it's not technology. Technology doesn't sit still. It doesn't. It doesn't play in a comfort zone. It doesn't stay in one place. You know, it 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 needs to grow. It, you know, it's like a flower in a pot. You know, we continuously feed it water, and it needs to grow. It needs to grow and sprout. You know, and bud a flower and sprout. You know, it needs to do all that. Um, for anyone that's like, we'll just lay back and just leave it as it is, no growth, no growth, then, you know, what are we going to do? Because you got to remember, our military depends on the internet. <laughs> our military does. We got to have really fast and really safe and secure internet connections, right? You know, this is why VPNs come into play. This is why data encryption is, is a must. Um, and even consumers are finding the benefits in encrypting their their connection in the network, allowing them to be able to do things that, you know, we don't want certain people telling us, no, you're not allowed to do that because we want you to pay out of your pocket for this. And yes, I know some people say, hey, man, that's piracy. Everybody does it. Shut the fuck up. Because you're not going to, you know, preach to me about piracy while you're using a a website on YouTube to rip a song off YouTube and and have it downloaded and, and, and converted to an MP3 file. So I'm just saying people pirate. It, it's been that day since the days of LimeWire and and FrostWire and Kazaa 
and all these other ones, um, getting free music. Uh, it's just it's it's hardwired into us now. The hooks are super deep. We're a bunch of meats in a meat locker, and we are hooked on piracy. So hey, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, five G plays a very significant role. And going back to what I said earlier, all in one hangouts would have benefited with this type of data connection today. The five G CBRS, L, you know, advanced LTE, the all in one app known as Hangouts for Google would have benefited tremendously with this network connection. But it was uh, too soon that they brought it out, and now Hangouts is bare bones dry. All it is is chat. If you want a video call, it uses Meets. So, um, I totally forgot what I was going to hit on with Visible. If someone remembers that's in watching right now, type it in the comments. Um, hashtag ADHD problems. That's me because I totally forgot. I know we were going to touch something on Visible, um, but I totally forgot what it was. I said I was going to save it for the end um, to kind of discuss that. Someone, please, someone, please remember, please think about what, what was I going to get into with Visible? I know it was something good. And right now I just feel like a doofus because I just totally forgot what I was going to say about Visible uh, leading into the, leading into the end. I know we talked about um, Visible and, and the party pay. I think I had to do with the party pay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, did. Okay, there we go. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> no, hashtag ADHD. But anyways, um, so Visible Party Pay, they opened that sucker up wide. And I mean, they opened it fully fucking wide. I mean, you can have a lot of people in your party. But what, what, what benefit does that do for Visible customers? Because there are people, you know, who put out their Party Pay link and are going to have like 10,000 people on it, all right? Take Stetson Doggett, for example. You know, I watched one of his videos where he was when he was talking about visible party pay being opened up beyond four people. It doesn't, you know, decrease your bill by another $5 for having more people. The max that you can get taken off is, is you know, 15. However, um, having party pay opened up that much has been more detrimental to the promotion than it has been you know, as positive. And, and I'll explain why. First of all, let me explain why they opened this up wide. Uh, the biggest problem that Visible had with doing Visible Party Pays with a max of only four people in the party was that, one, there was no notification to tell you if somebody left the party. So if you had four people and you all were random strangers across the United States and one person said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go back to, to Verizon Postpaid. And they migrated their number over to Verizon Postpaid. Your bill would go back up. You get no notification that your bill went back up five bucks. So if you're paying 25, now the rest of the players in the group are paying 30. And you'll know that when you're about to be charged on your bill. Could you imagine how many people were just annoyed and pissed and then like running around trying to find a new person to fill that spot in the party pay? So that was one of the active complaints that was given us feedback. Visible's reply to that is, we're going to open up party pay unlimitedly. You can have like 20 people in your party pay. So if one person leaves, it's, it's a less chance of it affecting your bill and raising it up to 30 bucks or 35 bucks because you know you have more than four people. You only get the discounts up to four people in your party pay, but you can have a max membership group of like unlimited. And um, so they thought that was the key answer to it. Okay. Eh, 
Not really. Cause like I said, it's more detrimental now. So, you know, um, let's say MKBHD decided to get himself a visible line and keep a visible line for personal use and then shared out his, his party pay. You know how many people would like drop visible to get visible again, but to go on MKBHD's party pay just so they can say, I'm in a party pay group and it's run by MKBHD. Do you now see where I'm going with this? So popular, well-recognized figureheads are going to grab a lot of people going in. So but what happens when the, the growth of the company slows down? What happens? Because people will jump ship. Other people may come in, but the likely chances of Joe Schmoblow to freaking get somebody on his party pay is going to be a lot harder when he goes when that, that person that's going to join visible joined visible because they saw Stetson Doggett's video about visible and said, Hey, I trust this young man. So I'm going to go ahead and sign up and Oh, he has his party pay link in his description so I can get a discount. I'm going to you, I'm going to join his party pay. They're likely to join his party pay then to join Joe blow Schmo because they don't know you. And, and, and here you are on visible with two people in your party pay, you and one other person, and you are out there on Twitter sharing your link, your link, just whoring yourself out, you know? And like, yeah, join my party pay, you know, boom, 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 every hour, you know what I mean? And uh, and, and joining like Facebook pages where people share their, their party pay links and hoping someone did like the, um, like the phantom scroll. They scrolled and then they put their finger on their touch display, and they're like, okay, this guy here, I'm going to join his visible party pay. Click, you know? Um, yeah, it, that, that's what totally sucks. That's the backfire from this unlimited party pay from visible. That's the actual true backfire because it, it, there's not a steady inflow of new customers to that degree that people who have party pays are going to benefit from it. And of course, Visible is not going to want to implement some sort of thing where it's like only a select few of Visible customers would be able to create a party pay and they would prevent other people from creating a party pay because that would just sound stupid above all things. And people wouldn't like that. Like someone doesn't want, you know, okay, we're going to let you, 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 you in, you're the leader go in, you know, type of thing. They don't like that. They don't like being to said that said person is named leader and everyone else is a follower. No one likes that type of thing. So of course, visible is not going to do that. They're not going to bar people from creating a party pay and just to allow one person to, to, to create a party pay and be able to grab them and put them in their party pay. They're not going to do that. They're not going to regulate the party pay influx. So that now visible has become your own defeat there. Because then customers are going to be like, well, party pay was supposed to, you know, help me get my bill down to 25 bucks, but I'm not being able to add anybody. So I'm paying 40 bucks. And, you know, Verizon Postpaid is starting to look pretty appetizing considering the price for Verizon Postpaid. And yeah, you're going to be paying more, but obviously to get, you know, you get what you pay for. You want more, you pay more. And they might just think paying a 60 something dollar bill or a $70 bill a month for what you get with Verizon is going to be worth it. And they, they leave. They totally leave. Um, that, that, that's, that's just straight out what it is. So that was that, that's what I wanted to focus on at the end of this podcast about visible. So 
Anyways, guys, I do appreciate everybody who popped in and hung out today on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys for that. The audio version will be up later on today. So, um, yeah, if, if you want to listen to it on your commute home from work or whatever, then, yeah, it will be available for you guys on your any of your podcast sources that you guys are on. It's there. And, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to be discussing tomorrow, but I'll come up with something good for a, a Friday, right? Why can't I under, why can't I know my days? What the hell's wrong with me? I think it's old age. Hashtag Tito's getting old if you made it to this part of the podcast. And yeah, today says oh, tomorrow's Friday. Um, so yeah. I know that the, see now here's where my dilemma is. There are people that are saying that Godzilla versus Kong is gonna be available today on the 25th. There are other people that are saying that it's gonna be available on the 31st on HBO Max. Which the fuck is it? Because I want to watch this movie. And I know my kids want to watch this movie, and so I'm just like, come on now. But, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is just apple juice. All right, guys, guys and gals, this is just apple juice. There's nothing else. N- nothing crazy. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens then. Uh, I do want to thank uh, uh, Gene, Sneed, and Helica uh, for the super chats. Really appreciate that. Um, that. That does help out quite a bit. God, you know, this, you know, this would be like like super totally awesome, man. Um, I I really wouldn't mind this being my career path. <laughs> well, I mean, I just like doing this, you know. And uh, why not? You know, if, if I if I can make two thousand a month on YouTube, that'd be so cool. But I don't make that. Um. Anyways, yeah. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Tito simming. <laughs> no, it's not. It's apple juice. I swear. I swear to you, it's apple juice. It is apple juice, man. It's not whiskey. Um, <laughs> you okay? Uh, your age is getting to you. Yeah, it is. It is, Gene. It is. Um, but I, yeah, like I, said, I appreciate you guys for being here and hanging out with me. Um, if you guys missed the majority of the, of the podcast, I will link it in the community side of YouTube. So look out for the link. You guys can watch the replay from the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, subscribe to my second channel, NERD. Um, new video posted today there. It'll go live once I end this broadcast. I'll make it available for everybody to see. So until then, love you guys very much. Take it easy. Enjoy your Thursday. Te- technically, hashtag Friday Junior. Love today because tomorrow is Friday. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.